Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. So fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. <laughs> Why fuck them all? So you have headphones. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, uh, so you can just stop it right. You're half drunk and high oh, trying to read a map. Right, here we go. We're literally. We are on, <laughs> on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner. And the fat man. He says, man. You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up the <laughs> Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm podcast. I'm your host, Mark Pulos, as always. On the show today, Antonio. Say your last name. Aguilar. <laughs> yeah. A- what is it? Aguilar. Aguilara? Aguilar. Just with Aguilar. Antonio Aguilar. Yeah. Wow. That uh, sounds ethnic. It's ethnic, man. <laughs> it's pretty common, but for whatever reason, it's confusing to people. What uh, what nationality is it? Well, it's Spanish. Um, so it could be... It actually originated in Spain. There's like a place called Aguilar in Spain. So. Oh, okay. But um, Nice. Yeah. But so anywhere where Spain took over and... <laughs> And just you know, that's where it's at. Did did what they do. Yeah. Then there's a bunch of Aguilars. So I come from, oh. you know, somebody in my history was a conquistador and conquistador. probably not a very, not a very nice person. But so we are working together <laughs> at the uh, Looney Bin, Wichita. Yeah. Um, and uh, you were Love hosting Wichita. the shows this week. Yes. Uh, Scott Schaefer is the feature. He's off, God knows where, right now. <laughs> Um, we're coming down off of some meat sweats from pig in, pig Mine out, just barbecue. Out. Mine are just starting to kick in. Oh, my God, dude. I came in here, and it was like Mount Vesuvius. I don't know what it is, but it's just like you put that much meat into your body, like anything else that's in there just has to go immediately. So That's fine with me. It's kind of like pouring Drano into the sink. You nice. know, it's like got to get it out of there. To I think the so, but in. from what I hear about like beef, I don't think it... I think it stays with you for a little bit. It's like a little bit. That's an old wives' Is it? tale. They okay. actually, I feel like they did that on Mythbusters or something, where they okay. actually like X-rayed someone's colon yeah. to see if there was any red meat like still hanging in there. There's but, a T-bone in here. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is this? A skewer of steak? <laughs> Anyways, it's good to have you on the podcast, Glad, and we were to be uh, here. we were chatting. Uh, actually. Uh, Tell a little bit about your background. Like, you started out in Madison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, comedy club on state. Comedy club on state. Yeah. Basically, uh, so spoiled. The gold uh, standard. Very spoiled. Uh, you know, a lot of comedians, you perform there and you, you uh, kind of assume that everywhere else is going <laughs> to yeah. be like this. Acme's the same way in Minneapolis. It's yeah. just like all college kids and jam-packed yeah. like every Monday, so... <laughs> But you do, you've, you've left, how long have you been doing stand-up? Um, a little over four years. Four years? Okay. So we were chatting at lunch about uh, horrible, horrible <laughs> bombing stories because 
<laughs> it's pretty much what comedians do when they get together. We either talk about yeah, it's cathartic. The bad shows or the bad bookers or the bad like you always talk. You never talk no one, about your best set. Yeah, no one ever sits down and they're like, <laughs> I got to tell you about this show. I, well, some comics do that, but I feel like the comics that do that are really insecure about their show and yeah. their material. So all they talk about is how amazing they are. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I, uh, I worked yeah. with someone, I won't say his name, but um, <laughs> he was just telling me so many stories about like crushing thousands of people <laughs> and opening for huge names. And then like... And the separate conversation is like, man, if I get famous with the material that I have right now, I'm going to be really depressed. I was like, man, what? wait, wait, wait. So which is it? Yeah. <laughs> which is it? Are you really proud of your career or are you not yeah. proud of your career? It's like, why are you? I, I don't it, get that. Like, but, he's upset that uh, like he doesn't that like he would be known material. for the yeah. stuff that he's writing right now, <laughs> even yeah. though he's killing a yeah. thousand seat theater. Yeah. Oh, what the hell? I don't yeah. get that. Yeah. But hey. But... Uh, but I mean, you know, it's, I have, it's a phenomenon. I think a lot yeah. of people are in that boat. So I, uh, I've talked on the podcast many a times about what I consider the worst show I've ever had, and that was uh, Big Timber, Montana. It was an add-on to a triple run, and it ended up being at uh, a bar in Big Timber. And for the life of me, I think I've blocked it out. I can't even remember the name of the place. <laughs> Repressed memory. Yeah, we get the uh, the address to the hotel, and it's literally like a roadside motel. Yeah. No one's even there. There's literally like two envelopes taped to the front door of the hotel <laughs> that just have like numbers written on them. Yeah. And the, we stopped by the bar first and the lady said that they have two rooms for you up the road and they're already paid for, but they close at like five and we got there at like 530 or something. Uh. So we just grabbed the keys and we go oh, okay. into our rooms and uh, one was smoking, one was non-smoking. I didn't know about that. So the first room that I went into turned out to be the smoking room yeah. and the other one was non-smoking so my buddy was the smoker yeah so he came and knocked on my door so we flip-flopped yeah, yeah. so what <laughs> later on it turned out that that room had scavies what? so he got scavies from that hotel room that i was supposed is a, to stay is that an std it's like a ringworm oh. or like uh uh what is it comparable to i don't even know but it's just like somehow it's it's kind of like they're like little bugs that like, like that's like more important than the smoking or not. I feel yeah. like they should have labeled the rooms scabies and non-scabies. Non yeah. <laughs> he was pissed. I yeah. was like, yeah, I would be too. But so we get to the show and it's like a bar. There's like sure. no stage. They're running the microphone through the jukebox. Oh, and uh, what if someone puts some? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tries to so, play some Elvis tune. And it's like so they decided to do the show on that Monday. And the show was Saturday, and they just assumed there was nothing going on in town, so it would be a huge draw. And it turned out to be, like, five people at the show. Oh, so it was a nightmare from beginning to end. But my buddy was having trouble. The microphone went out during his show, and thankfully we travel with a backup amplifier and a microphone. So I was like, yeah. I'm just going to set this up real quick. So yeah. we went to that. I was on stage for, like, ten minutes, and this guy walks in. And he walks in with his buddy. And they stand there for a second, mm -hmm. and they look at me, and the guy just says as loud as possible, what's going on in here? <laughs> and I go, what? He goes, what's going on? And I go, it's a stand-up comedy show. Come on in and enjoy. Yeah. And he goes, but why? And I go, I don't know. These people booked me. They want a show. <laughs> These people have paid to see it. 
sit down and enjoy. So he sits down with this couple he doesn't even know. And he's just sitting there the whole show. And like every joke I would tell, he would do something like with his face or his arms. Uh. And then uh, and then the final straw was I did some bit and it got a little bit of a chuckle from the lady behind him. Yeah. And he turns around and he goes, you think this this is funny? Jesus. And that I I have never in my career. I try to keep a light energy on stage. Yeah. So I never snap on people in the crowd. Like yeah. even if it's a horrible thing happening, I try to approach it. Sure. Like with a light air. This guy got none of that. It's the first and only time I've ever snapped that hard on stage. I just was like, you know, I was like, dude, I was like, if you don't want to be here, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And he was like, are you talking to me? I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's five fucking people here. I'm standing in front of five potted plants. Yeah. I'm using a microphone that was in my trunk. I'm just trying to get through this before I throw myself through the window. I'm yeah. like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And he was like, sat there for a second. Then he went, you should go to Jenny Craig. And oh, I was wow. like, that was a really intelligent fat joke, sir. Congratulations. Yeah. I was like, why don't you go back to your trailer with your fat wife and make some more meth? <laughs> and what's funny is his buddy that was sitting at the bar laughing. stood up and went fuck you <laughs> oh, and really? went out the front door and slammed it as hard as he could and he slammed yeah. it and it's and at this point and you know whole thing and you know on, based on that reaction that he does have a fat way and that they do cook <laughs> yes <with. laughs> that was the whole thing <laughs> but at this point where the whole altercation was happening the bartender the waitress the manager and my opener were all in the alley smoking weed yeah so i was in there all by myself dealing with this so when the door slammed it literally sounded like a gunshot oil so all these people come running in from the, <laughs> from the, the alley yeah. and I'm like telling them the story and I'm like, I'm not going to continue the show mm -hmm. until this guy is out of here. Yeah. And he took that real big offense to that. He goes, Jeez. if I'm out of here, this is my fucking bar, pal. He goes, what? you get out of here and I stay. And I go, maybe we should take it to the audience. I said, uh, who wants... Who wants me to leave? And like nobody clapped. And then I said, "Who wants this fucking asshole to leave?" And the whole place. You're went lucky crazy. they didn't clap. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there for the show, but imagine the whole crowd <laughs> starts clapping. They're like, "All right." Yeah. <laughs> so, the cook and uh, and I think the manager were the ones that kind of you know shoved him out of the place. Yeah. And uh, so I come to find out after the show, which was even more horrible, um, that he was part of a posse. I don't know if you know this, but in Montana, in addition to local law enforcement, they also have posses, which is undeputized groups of people that keep law and order in towns. Oh, like a militia? Yes. <laughs> so I said, that sounds fun. I go, is there any chance I'm not going to die tonight? And they're like, you probably should wait a while because I think he's still milling about outside. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, dude. Wow. So we went back to the hotel and, and like that one stuck with me for a while. Like I haven't had a show like that in a long time. Like the whole next day, like we were driving to our next gig and it just was still with me the whole fucking time, man. Well, it was only a few people there. But it's still it was like just the feeling of that show, you know, like sure. just everything went wrong. Oh, man. everything. Because, I mean, yeah. there was, I mean, everything went wrong as far as attendance, the microphone, then the, the few people that were there were giving you as hard of a time as yeah. they could possibly be giving you. But it was also a little bit of that feeling where I lost control. Sure. And, like, I got so angry 
that um, comedy just wasn't wasn't possible after that. You know, it's you know? it's that's the hardest one of the hardest part is dealing with hecklers because of the anger and controlling it. And um, I don't know. I think I've I've always been really used to getting kind of stepped on a little bit or kind mm. of being so I am just I'm into I'm I'm just in tune with kind of being able to not show my anger and just kind of like try to play it off and not even though I'll go home and then like three hours later in my hotel room be like god I wish I would have said something to that person because <laughs> well, um, that's the, the line you tell at least for me too because you saw my show last night like yeah it's a lot of silly stuff where yeah. it's like there's not a much not not a lot of attacking and a lot of like no edgy beliefs or points of view it's just a lot of like observational silly stuff so when i I cross that line to anger right i kind of like that's almost the end of the show for me because there's no anger in your set yeah there's just no way to come back there's Mm -hmm. no way to be like get the fuck out of here sure so does anybody like (laughs) cotton candy (laughs) you know it's just like it's not possible not anymore (laughs) i was like so i had i had to always come up with you know better ways to deal with stuff, you know, be more silly. Like I did a show in Brookings and this lady was heckling me and she had a weird hat on. It was like, it was knitted, you know? Yeah. And so I said, why don't you go home and get a new hat? Hello. Scott's here. Come on. You want to come in? Sure. <laughs> we only have one mic, so you're going to have to sit with, uh, you have to sit with the big man over here. <laughs> Which one of us is that? Everybody. Everybody. Big Everybody big, big guy. Hey, big guy. I'm a giant man. <laughs> yeah. Just want to take a second to let you know about some companies that are sponsoring my podcast. We've got Lee's Tease. Tease is spelled with an, a Z, so it's L-E-E-S-T-E-E-Z.com. Check them out for uh, funny T-shirts if you want to get those made. Uh, KBRemodelingInc.com is a company run by a friend of mine who... Does anything from uh, quick fixer-uppers to uh, full kitchen remodels. So if you're in Minneapolis area, check out uh, kbremodelinginc.com and the USA Entertainment Agency. They are an amazing company. Tons of acts from hypnotists to comedians to live bands to dueling pianos. Check out usaentertainment.com. A lot of cool stuff on there. So thanks to them for sponsoring the podcast. So uh, what the fuck was I talking so, about? So uh, bombing stories comes in here. Yeah. What's do you have? Well, like, I mean, I got a few to choose from. <laughs> I can get. What I, would you consider? Well, well I'll, we got a lot of time. Sure. Let's go through all of them. Well, I'll do. I'll I'll, uh, I'll start with the one that we were talking about at lunch. Um, so it was a feed the homeless benefit show. And um, how did you get the gig? First of all. <laughs> Um, I have a, a friend who's a homeless comedian, and uh, he's a homeless comedian. I mean, he's on and off homeless. Like, <laughs> he's on and he's off not homeless. like he's not committed. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he's not committed to the homeless. <laughs> nah, man, he's in and out. He's got he's pussyfoot in it. You know. <laughs> but um, so does he? He doesn't have a place to. I asked like, him what I asked him what his address sleep? was. He said uh, two thousand one four in Woodstar. I'm like, all right. Well, you have a place to live, and you live in your car. Yeah. <laughs> you have a van. <laughs> well, that's what it's like. What's that definition? Like, if you don't have a physical house, are you sure. homeless? Or? Well, I think that in the homeless community, uh, that the the homeless 
people with cars are looked probably <laughs> they're looked down they're looked upon. At, I don't know about looked down upon. <laughs> <laughs> looked up to with disdain, like maybe. You like, are. you motherfucker. <laughs> like, how dare you say you're homeless when you really live at Walmart in the parking lot very comfortably. <laughs> it's not hard to sleep in a parking lot when you're drunk because he can afford Patron. <laughs> I'm always doing shots of Patron with them before the mics, and it's like, yeah, man, I'm the homeless comic, man. I'm just chilling. Let's do a shot of Patron, man. I'm like, I can't afford this stuff because <laughs> I pay my rent. I, I don't know, man. I can't get past that visual that, well, okay. that real homeless people that live on the streets look down upon the homeless that have a car to sleep in. You know, well, they're not real. The they're not comm- Like I said, they're not committed to it. You know, they're ready to. They can go anywhere. And like when it gets cold. They can fly south. <laughs> I mean, what do they get gas? How do they get gas money? Well, you park and then you walk around and be like, I'm homeless. Like, you know. <laughs> I'm homeless. Can I have some money? I'm homeless. I need some money. Well, and then, I, wonder if, uh, I wonder if homeless people look down on other homeless people that have a skill, like a musical sure. trait that can make money. <laughs> like yeah. just a regular homeless person or is it a guy who can play an acoustic guitar because they're probably killing it out there. Yeah, the only authentic homeless people are talentless. Talentless people <laughs> without a car. And if you really want to get down to it, has a mental disability, yeah. oh, you are killing That is ground it. zero you are for the homeless community. Yeah. And those are the people that you were performing for. Were they, were they homeless people? No, or that's, the people that ran. Not really. It like was a, a feed the homeless, but it ended up being mostly just my friend's family. So the benefit should have been called the benefit to feed your friends' families. Basically, man. I mean, there was like a couple homeless people there, but I mean, they must have not got the memo, or or maybe they didn't check their Facebooks. <laughs> they have Facebook. <laughs> Some, yeah, you know. but um, but I did okay. See a homeless guy once with a Bluetooth, and I was just like, what? The no, fuck he was is talking happening? to himself. Yeah, I think that was the whole thing. I think the, by Bluetooth, I meant like. A no, he had a pen cam. cap. He had he a pen just, cap just, on his ear, and he was talking to himself. Is what it was. Just a pen cap. Yeah. Where are you, Bobby? Where are you? Yeah, you know, he's got to like. <laughs> so paint so, the, paint okay, the scene so, of this. Um, so it's, so it's, it's not a, a stage. Benefit. It's at a picnic. Okay. It's uh, during the day. Sound? Um, Do you have a microphone? Projecting. No no, no microphone, no uh, no, uh, no sound. Okay, wait, the, wait a minute. So it's people eating. Yeah. There's no stage, no microphone. There's You're a, just standing there's in front a, of a um, What is it? Like a grassy knoll? <laughs> You're taking a shot. There was like a hump in the in the grass, and so you get to like the higher part of the hump. So I was like a good six inches above everyone else. So you were on the fancy hump stage. And um, so where I'm where I'm starting to perform, there's actually a picnic table right in front of me, and the whole picnic table was full of people turned the other way. So there's it's like six people with their backs to me eating, you know, (laughs) and like sometimes they're like looking back to me to like acknowledge that they heard what I said, but um. Okay, I mean, it's. I had to follow, I think, the crackhead uncle <laughs> who opened the show. It's like they all knew him, and he got up there, and he was talking a million. I had no idea what he was saying. He was talking a million miles an hour, and he was crushing it, you know, like references. People were laughing. Well, because they all know him. They're like, they're all family, you know. He's making references. It's like He's- Scott's show last night. <laughs> Mr. fucking local over there. Scott Shaver, everybody. <laughs> Going local. <laughs> So I'm hanging out at the pump house down the street. And then I came across Julie that works at the uh, Quick Trip. <laughs> yeah. Club uh, Boomerang tonight. Club Boomerang. Yeah. 
Oh, um, Scotty Schaefer. So I'm, I'm following. We'll do, we'll do a separate podcast tomorrow, me and you. All right. Because I want to get down what the root of Scott Scott Schaefer is. I want the. I want to get down to the root of it. So Uncle Uncle so Uncle Crackhead Uncle crushes. Crack- <laughs> Uncle Crackhead crushes it, and then I'm going up after him, and um, and so they're all done laughing, you know, and they don't know who I am. I mean, compared <laughs> to the, done they're done with it. They're ready to eat, you know, and um, I'm 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 not doing good. I'm 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 getting. Like looks, like why are you interrupt? Why are you interrupting this meal? It's a great meal right now. I'm getting looks, and uh, <laughs> they start to boo me. Like five minutes in, oh no! They they start they start booing me, and um, Jesus Christ! This lady was booing me, and she had a baby in her arms. <laughs> she's she's carrying a sleeping baby in her arms, and she's booing me so loud. She hates you so much. That she, she woke mm-hmm. the baby. She the, she, she booed so loud, the baby woke up, and then the baby started booing me. <laughs> no, the baby did not boo you. <laughs> no, but still, but if, if he would have been old enough, he would have joined the, in. The fact that this woman hated your guts so much that she... Listen, oh. I, I have a daughter. Mm-hmm. I've gone through, and still we still go through the whole, when she's asleep, like... We're fucking walking around the house like cat burglars. Sure. Because it's like, we do not want to wake that baby for anything because it's mm-hmm. our time now. It's like fucking Goonies. It's she our time. She couldn't hold it in. So it's just like, yeah. This lady. Disregard for her child. Hated you so much that she didn't even care that she was going to have to take care of a crying baby for mm-hmm. the next hour. She wanted she you to. She ended up doing that too. How much she despised what you were doing Man. in there. And you know what? And, and, and uh, another thing is, there wasn't just people in front of me. Since it was like a picnic and everyone was kind of just walking around and having their meals, talking, there was people to the sides of me, yeah. like left, right, and behind me. <laughs> Booing me. So just, I'm getting 360 booed out. So it was like that Dane Cook special in the round. Sure, yeah, the homeless, it was exactly like that. picnic. Like a Madison Square Garden where he was in, yeah, in the middle, uh, circle of whatever it's called. And uh, yeah, um, so like after like 10, 12 minutes, I mean. How long were you supposed to do? Probably like 15, but you know, I did. Oh, I, really? I, pushed, like, okay. I did 10. And uh, so wait a minute. I remember I just uh, I was like, you know, was things this an official like gig. No, it was this just person was just like, sh- no, it was get on that hill and just tell. Yeah, some jokes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. yeah. It wasn't like paid. It wasn't that's, anything like that. That's the worst, um, man. But it was uh, after 10 minutes, I was like, all right, well, you know, I, I ate. So I'm happy about that. So, you know, I got some food. So you can't take that away from yeah. me. <laughs> and then I start and not homeless. And now, and now I, I get off the knoll. And yeah. then I start walking to my car, which is in the distance, probably like uh, 150 yeah. yards. Um, and the thing is that, like, it's such a long, straight walk that they can all see me, like, what, making yeah. this whole walk. And the next comic comes up. <laughs> There's another comic? Yeah. Uh, you probably know Nick Hart. Maybe you know him from Madison. He, was, he went up after oh, me. Oh, yeah. And um, he was up after me. And um, it was, I'm still in the distance, like, walking to my car <laughs> while he's going up. And, um, and then he, first thing he says, he, he starts killing, like, immediately. Oh. Because- <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, he was he was doing like he's great at crowd work. Like me, yeah. I at that point I was like two years in. And I wasn't ready yeah. to do crowd work in this particular uh, venue. I was just gonna just try to get off. With Isn't the that the worst? Like I'm sure Scott's had it too. But it's just like where you're doing a show and the person in front of you is like doing bad, and you're like, I can save this. Yeah. And then you go up 
and it's still shitty. <laughs> and you're like, damn it, it's the crowd. But the reverse is also true. Like I've had times where I've gone up first and I'm just eating it and I get off stage and I like pass the headliner or whoever and I'm like, good luck with those people, you know? <laughs> and the first word out of his mouth is just like the biggest explosion of laughter and you're like, sure. What the fuck was I doing up there? That's that's what happened to me. And the thing was that there was a, a it, it was mostly black people at this picnic that we were at. Yeah. And um, there was a white picnic that we could see. And oh, first thing boy. he says is like, I think what we should all do is we should all go attack that picnic, is what <laughs> Nick says. They just lose their <laughs> They lose it because that's hilarious. I, that's funny to say, you know, me, I'm doing like wordplay and shit. <laughs> Can you validate us? You make a difference. Everybody walks away. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the, uh, it, it sound, your story sounds so much like uh, a good friend of mine I started out in comedy with in Minneapolis, Andy Ritchie. He's, uh, he's fighting with, uh, with cancer right now, so it's like you know, mm. prayers go out to him and his family. But yeah. he had probably one of the funniest, like, worst show stories ever. And I feel like I've told it before on the podcast, but it's so so <laughs> brutal for other comics to hear. Sure. So he he was trying to make that move to Los Angeles, and he got he got put on with an agency out there, and it was like a really big deal for mm -hmm. him. So he gets out there, he settles in, and they give him a call, and they tell him that they've got his first gig for him, and it's opening up for Weird Al Yankovic at this huge, like, wow pavilion first, festival first thing, gig like, yeah like outside <laughs> and he's like oh my god it's amazing so they send the paperwork over and it's all the, the paperwork is riddled with you have to be squeaky clean you can't mm. be filthy you have to be clean blah 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 mm -hmm. so he doesn't have a problem with that so he's got a bit in his act where he says i hate when people put on lotion and then leave the bathroom because every time i'll grab the doorknob and i'll think to myself that could be lotion Mm -hmm. is the joke yeah so he uh he gets to the show and he's like five or six minutes in it's going well and he gets to this joke yeah and he goes i hate when people in the bathroom use lotion right before me and they shut his mic off and shut the lights off on the stage wow and the lady goes get off the stage and he was like what the fuck so he goes over to the side and she's like you are fired and he goes what and she goes listen i don't know how many times we could tell you that this is a clean show and he goes, it's not a dirty joke. Like, let me finish the joke. And she's like, I don't want to hear another word. You're fired. Get out of here. So he goes to get into his car, and it's like a festival parking. So yeah. he's parked in. So he uh. can't go anywhere. So it's near this lake. So he just decides he's just going to walk around the lake until the whole thing's uh. over. So he's walking around the lake, and he can just see in the distance the giant stage with all the lights and Weird Al just, like, uh. destroying in front of, like, thousands of people. And completely unrelated to that whole scenario, a truck full of kids drive by and egg him. Wow. <laughs> oh, and he man. was like... If there was any other like thought in my brain, I get it. I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. But he made like a really good career out there. I, I hope things turn around for him. But it's just like those. We well, have if that's so how it many. starts out, man. You got to go up from there. Yeah, yeah. If that's if that's show one, you said you had a. What's the second? Okay. The second so sec worst so story. Um, this one's probably worse than that one. Um, <laughs> Cause you know I gotta I gotta I, it's gotta progress it's gotta get progressively it's gotta worse. Progress. Um, I was at uh, jokes and notes in uh, the south side of Chicago, Martin Luther King Boulevard. So where I should be, uh, and um, 
and now, uh, I don't want to be presumptuous, but this was what they call an urban crowd. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It okay. was uh, like a like a hip hop crowd. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, like uh, they. Uh, How the hell did you get booked for that? It wasn't booked. I was I was I was a naive, <laughs> and um, I was doing their open mic. All right. Um, and so you know it was kind of an Apollo vibe. If you yeah, know. I can imagine. And uh, so it's um, like fifteen of us. Um, the Two, only two non-white people in the place, or non-black people in the whole place are me and the first guy going up. Now, the first guy going up, he has his hair gelled up, kind of like Pee Wee Herman. He's got suspenders on, his pants all the way up over his belly. Uh, he's got glasses with the tape in the middle. He's got an accordion and a harmonica around his neck. And um, socks pulled up. He's got, he's doing, he's, I mean, he's doing a character. I don't know what the heck. Anyway. Well, let's go, hope he's doing a character. Yeah. That's just how he is during the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just, that's how he walks. I'll take a grande latte. <laughs> I got to get to my gig. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was a character. But uh, um, so what his act was that he does. Did he have a name? Did he have like. I, not that I remember. Oh, okay. But I remember his shtick. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, he, he does like a kind of a corny pun joke that nobody laughs at. But then he does his face like Robert De Niro and blows into his harmonica. And then they get, he gets a huge laugh because of that stupid gimmick. Wow. So he did that for three minutes, just kept on telling, and then, mm-hmm. and then, and then just crushing it. So um, I'm just like going up after him. Like, I don't have anything like that prepared. And so <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to try to, try to do a little bit of harmonica. I'm going to try to do a little political humor, you know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I I get on stage. Obama, huh? So I, so I think well, I have to I have to acknowledge what just happened here. Well, of course. You so have uh, to. so I say, uh, well, I don't have a harmonica, so I guess I'm fucked. And this lady in the front row, she goes, "Yeah, you is," and the whole place exploded. Wow! Because it was such a great come. It was such a great line. Like she, yeah, you is. Yeah, you is. She's and I was sitting she, there. She just waiting. crushed me, man. Just she waiting. like yeah, like she was just waiting. Exactly. It's the only thing she said all night, probably. <laughs> she was by herself. She had her own wireless microphone and dropped it. Oh man, yeah, yeah. She she should. She dropped her drink. Is what she did. She, she was. She <laughs> Fuck this guy. And uh, the place went nuts. And after that, I mean. There was no, I could not say anything because they were yeah. just, they were still laughing about it. Every time I would talk, they would just laugh at me. The fact that I'm still trying to, trying to, and I mean, I'm hearing just, uh, I, everyone's on their phones. Everyone's yeah. like, people high-fiving each other. <laughs> <laughs> they're high-fiving over the joke the other lady told. Exactly. Yeah. They're still, they're this sharing it. This motherfucker don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Boom. So after three minutes, um, I, uh, the host gets up and, and, and he goes, uh, uh, you know he's going to go kill himself, right? <laughs> they go nuts. Nobody even argues. No, aw, nothing. They're just Nobody like, hey, argues. nah, man. Yeah, They're he like, probably will. Yeah, and then makes he, sense. He, he starts going, I mean, he went off on me for 10 minutes. He went off on me, like, just making fun of the way I look, the way I talk, the way I dress, the way I, everything, everything. Oh. Going through my, everything. And, um. My my favorite part was he was like trying to get a volunteer to drive me to a bridge. <laughs> At that point, I'm starting to laugh too because this is getting oh out of hand. Oh my god, dude! I'm I'm just He's sitting looking there. for a volunteer to drive you to a bridge yeah, somewhere. Yeah. I, I feel a hand on my shoulder. Somebody's like, "It's oh all right. God, it's all right. Man. You're 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 funny, man." It's like it's an old ladies <laughs> like like like. Oh my god! And um. Dude. Uh, man, it was, it was, 
I think I learned that night though, like to be able to laugh at a situation like that. Oh I, yeah. Because I mean, I mean, I wasn't, I was getting it a little worse than I deserved there. Yeah. But uh, I, I can't wait to go back and um and kind of be more ready for it. Because the thing yeah. was that the reason that it went so poorly for me is that I was. After she said that, I was affected by, yeah. but because I knew I couldn't top what she said because it was so perfect and it was so, and I thought I had a good come, I thought I had a good uh, like opening acknowledgement to what just happened and you know being honest. You know be what like, would have been amazing is if you could have somehow like before you got on stage found a recorder. <laughs> like one of those things from like that would elementary have been, school, you know. And yeah. she go, "Yeah, you is." And then you're like, "But I got a recorder." Yeah. The place would have just fucking fell to the ground. Like this is happening. <laughs> I had, yeah, I had. There was an opportunity to to it, for it to be a awesome, great, amazing experience, or to be what it happened to be. Yeah. And um, you know, there wasn't a recorder in in my in in my midst. <laughs> Uh, it would have I've been had, nice. I've had three. Or somebody would have thrown like a, yeah, something up to me, like a guitar or anything. Just like, yeah. Come on, let's do this. <laughs> a kazoo. I I <laughs> you could have made a kazoo if somebody could have found you some I uh, tried rice my, paper. Yeah, I would have started like blowing into my hands trying to make <laughs> an instrument. Like, what do you guys want from me? I'll do it. How about I'll do it? Can we do this? Yeah, I'll do Al Pacino. <laughs> That's all you needed. You I needed a plastic needed a, bag. You needed a plastic bag. Somebody would have thrown up a plastic bag. But here? Yeah, I'm messy. I'm oh, sorry. I'm like, but Jesus. Somebody would have thrown up plastic. Did you explode all over this table? When I got here, yeah. <laughs> I'm like a dog. What the I fuck? Like... You just walk in and you're just like, ah, <laughs> yeah. shit over here, my shit head, over there. My headphones are on the couch. My, oh my, my toothpaste God, is man. on the table. Yeah. I just, I don't know what. I had uh, I had three experiences with urban shows, and they were all equally as, as, as tough as that. I went to... Uh, uh, actually, Little Rock. I got a. They used to have a Funny Bone downtown Little Rock, okay. and they used to have Urban Night on Tuesdays. And I showed up there to do a guest spot. And the guy said, uh, "I looked you up on the internet." And for a while, I was doing like some guitar shit, and it was just yeah. like a waste of time. It's mostly just for like internet stuff. And he's like, "I see you play the guitar," and I'm like, "Kinda." And he goes, "Listen, these people aren't going to listen to a word you have to say. Like, you should just play the guitar; they'll love it." And I'm like, "All right." So I went up there. Tried three jokes and got no laughs. And I was like, well, I guess I'll play the song. And I played the song and they just went nuts for it. And I was nice. like, well, that was good advice. Yeah. And then uh, the second time was where I was in Columbus doing the Funny Bone and they had an urban night. And uh, the guy who went up right before me, his whole act was he had an ass shaking contest. Like he's like, you think you can shake that ass? You get up here and you shake that ass, and we gonna find out who the best ass shaker is. That is and a they great. Like, that is a great act. That, I wish that was my act. That would be yeah, awesome. And they had like a kid Capri like DJ thing from like Def Jam doing yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, "Who wants to? I need five girls up here. Good, do that ass shake and get up here." And then like five chicks just like out of nowhere, they were up there with these giant giant asses sure and uh he's like dj spin that shit and then they just start shaking their asses and he's mm -hmm. just like pointing at them and yeah. saying things and he's and thinking to himself i'm crushing yeah yeah <laughs> amazing so that's what i had to follow so that's I probably his video he sends the bookers like hey can i check check me out check what i do you ever seen this <laughs> so i walk up there and obviously like the same feeling like all these people are staring at me like what's this fucking guy gonna do mm -hmm. uh and i was like wow that is an amazing thing to have the power to get five women to come up here and just shake their asses i'm like man i wish i could do that i'm like titty shaking contest get up here now dj hit that shit and the dj was like what and i go ah fuck it yeah. <laughs> 
So then I just did. That's funny, man. Yeah, I did. I did some like the the manager goes. Uh, they love filthy comedy, so yeah. I just did like the grossest jokes I've ever written, and they thought it was pretty funny. But I think the worst of that it probably was, would have helped me because I was going squeaky clean on this <laughs> on this room. Has anybody seen this guy? His I, name's uh, John. Oh my god! It was and it was like totally Madison type because like I had a joke I did that got nothing. I said like, whenever I see a a Native American crying, I don't know if they're sad or if somebody just littered somewhere. <laughs> And or like, like I don't know if something actually happened to them in their life or someone is littering somewhere. Like, or no, if I see somebody with a teardrop, I uh, teardrop. Uh, no, the joke was if I see somebody with a teardrop tattoo, uh, Native American with a teardrop tattoo, I don't know if if um, or if they're uh, they killed someone or if they were just really affected by that one commercial in the eighties. <laughs> and just, just nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing. Just re- the reference went over and everyone's head. Well, the uh, and then the guy with the harmonica. No, that's what he yeah, should have done. I wish yeah, I should have sure. pointed to him. Got it. Got a little. Can I get a, a harmonica? No, but yeah. I worked was. with. Uh, <laughs> you ever heard of Brandon T. Jackson? Um, he plays uh, Al Pacino uh, in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. also in Percy Booty, Drag. Booty Percy juice or something. Booty yeah. sweat. Booty sweat. Booty sweat. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I worked with him in Cleveland. Yeah. And uh, talk about being the only white person in the room like yeah. every night like every show the yeah. entire crowd was black people but he requested uh a white opener because he just didn't want to have to deal with the crossover which sure. made sense but every night it was like such an uphill battle like i would walk out there and i had open for earthquake and um bruce bruce yeah yeah so the guy asked me, like, is there anybody in your history, like, you've ever opened for a big-name black act? So I told him Earthquake and Bruce Bruce, and he was like, we're just going to go with that. Like, they won't care about anything else. But sure. what happened was they thought I was black. So oh, I would come yeah. out, and they would be like, what the fuck? Like, I heard, like, a few times, like, who the fuck this? You know? <laughs> And Can you t- imagine that same reaction if it was like a mostly white crowd and a black guy gets on stage and somebody's like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> like that, that does not happen in the comedy no, world, man. Never. <laughs> never does a woman or a black comic come out and you hear no. someone go, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, only, it's only a, a full black audience and a white comic walks up and they, who the fuck is this? Yeah. Well, but I want them over every show, man. Good. Just because I just, uh, I just machine gun of mm-hmm. comedy, just jokes as fast as I could tell them, as funny as I could tell mm-hmm. them, and and by the end I would turn some people that would come out and they would say we came here one hundred percent specifically to see Brandon T. Jackson, but we thoroughly enjoyed like what you did up there. Exactly, and it's just like that's the whole thing, you know. Well, well, how much time did you get? They actually gave me 25. See, I feel like in 25 minutes, I might have had a better chance to kind of win myself. Yeah. Win my three? Three minutes. Yeah. yeah. Forget about <laughs> it. <laughs> and you were like chum thrown into a shark tank. The host man. goes, if you can't be funny in three minutes, you not funny. That's what he said. I was like, that's Somebody not. Somebody should help him with his uh, <laughs> English skills. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure, you know, that's just, I, that's just how they talk around there. Yeah. Madison's a great town, man. I, I'm sad that uh, I don't get to go back there as much anymore since the uh, the switchover. Like Gus and Mary, the the people who run the club mm-hmm. there, when I started in comedy, were just like such huge fans of mine. And and I understand that they're changing and they're becoming like this Comedy Central club where it's just like 
the hugest like fastest rising stars that are on the market right now and that's fine but it's just like sometimes i wish i could just still go in and open for like the big name acts like david tell or something like that but it's uh it's disappointing but you know they become one of those clubs now you know well one i those mean ones that are out of your reach i mean i guess so but sometimes i've seen uh, feature acts that used to headline there um that now have bumped, bumped down the feature because they don't have the uh tv credits yeah um but they're just like um like mike stanley yeah he used to headline there and i saw him and he was one of the f- funniest headliners they'd ever had and then um they had bumped him down the feature and i just hear i i just hear everyone that was at the show being like yeah the headliner could not follow mike stanley like at all well like, that's the thing that i'm starting to to think about that club because i hear about so many of my friends that are headliners everywhere else you know going backwards and just doing a feature spot down there and i'm like and who they're working with and i've worked with these guys at the funny bones and improvs and they mm-hmm. are not that good mm-hmm. and i'm like i wonder how it plays in that room like there has to be so many times that you know uh headliners get buried there yeah i mean have you seen it firsthand um I, I, in the last couple of months mm, not 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 really <clears throat> uh I can't say and the worst part about that whole situation is now Mike Stanley will probably never be back there again because they can't trust that a headliner is going to be able to follow him. I I mean, the reality of the hierarchy should be that he did so well that he should get his own headliner week. I mean, I I think he'll be back. I think he will be back. I think that um, even though to to the comics, um, like they didn't think, um, I mean, some of the comics really liked the headliner because he was like very alty. Yeah. So like a lot of comics like that, and Madison, some a lot of people like For that sure, kind of thing. Yeah. But Do you as far who as the just, headliner was um, Adam Caton Holland. God, never even heard of him. Yeah, me neither. Um, but I guess uh, like he did he did fine. Yeah. But from what I heard, is just like as far as like the laughter went, it was just like um, it just seemed like he couldn't top Mike because yeah. I mean Mike's been headlining you know forever and just you know just he's he's a he's a beast and. Um, uh, I think uh, TV credits they, sometimes they get a little bit too much uh, weight because yeah. you know there's uh, it's, it's just like respect the art of stand up comedy that you have to do stand up comedy to be good at stand up comedy you can't be on Chelsea lately to be good at stand up comedy like that's well that's the thing like I had an argument last week about last comic standing and the person I was arguing with had a good argument as to why the top five are the top five right now. Because it's the only mm-hmm. competition in comedy where the prize is to do something completely different from what you're doing. Right, you get a like development a, deal. Yeah, you become an actor. Yeah. Like, let's, it'd be like the first prize in American Idol would be to get a, a lead role in a movie. It's like, yeah. I thought this was a singing competition. Right. Like, you would think the the prize would be like an hour special yeah or uh uh you know a fully produced comedy album or but like, it's on nbc yeah and they need to bank they want to bank off of it so they need to make a sitcom well, out obviously of it. i mean i understand the idea of it but i'm just like the the way it was explained to me was like those top five people they obviously have some kind of idea as to what they could do with them as far as a tv show goes yeah they're not the funniest comedians in the world. They're the right. funniest comedians that could be turned into a television show. Yeah, and it's like very diverse 
yeah. is always very diverse. And it's like it's like the United Nations of comedy. <laughs> I mean, the top ten, there was one white guy. It was really? Ian Bag. Yeah, and he's in the top five now. But well, oh, Michael Palsak too. Oh yeah, sorry, Michael was in there too. But but still, out of a hundred comedians, the top ten are are two white people. It's just like. I right, don't know. and how many women are like you know like it's just like if yeah. you if you take. Um, but a, you look at the top five; it is kind of I guess it is kind of spread out because it's two black women, woman, black. white woman, yeah, white guy, white guy, uh, two black women. guy, and uh, who's the fifth guy? Is uh, Asian guy? Is Shang Wang in the finals? I don't think so. Is uh, Michael Palsak in the finals? I think he is. That's right. So it's Michael Palsak, Ian Bag. Uh, Dominique, Dominique. Right? Um, then uh, Andy mm. Erickson and, yeah, and Michael. Is it uh, Kate, Clayton English? Something? Clayton English. Clayton That's English. What it is. Yeah. Anyways, so I think it's time for your five horrible questions. All right, and some, they're not as horrible as you would think. So. Well, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> I'll just get deep they're into just, my dark they're past. They're just hard. They're hard to answer, and sometimes awkward to answer. So all right. If someone gave you $50 million to never tell another joke in your entire life, professionally or privately, would you take it? No, because I'm delusional enough to think that I can make more than that in my lifetime <laughs> as a comedian. I, like that. I think that's the first answer I've ever got that way. Most people are just like, no, I can't ever not tell a joke again. Do your famous, your best famous person impression. Oh, I can do... Uh, I'm Tony Montana from, I'm a political prisoner from Cuba. I want my fucking Juma right. <laughs> Manolo, shoot this piece of shit for me. <laughs> That's garbage. Another Kwailu, she loved me in the morning, okay? Take a look at the bad guy. You fucking cockroach. It's very stereotypical <laughs> that you'd be able to do that impression. I'd be more my dad, impressed if My dad could. made me watch Scarface with him when I was like eight years old. What? And I remember I got through half of it, and I'm like, there's too many F, I'm too many F words that I can't take it. I was like crying in the corner at the, at the amount. There's like a hundred. There's like, there's like a thousand F words in that movie, and it's like I'm like in the corner oh trying my to. God. But my dad's like trying to make me into a man. He's teaching he teach me how to box. I'm an only child. I'm a, I'm a you know, his, 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 uh, his little half-white, half-Peruvian son, you yeah. know. Like, listen, okay. <laughs> when somebody messes with you, yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't talk it out. You stab him in the goddamn face. Mm -hmm. Like, I wish I could do that impression. No, it's it's. Uh, I wish I could do more impressions. Like I, I can't even do like regular Al Pacino. I can only do Scar. Like I just like, uh, like, all right. Like that's I can't do the actual. But you know, question Gina. three. Name a comic you don't get along with, and why? Okay. Um, you know, I didn't get a lot of, uh, I didn't talk a lot to Theo Vaughn uh, really? when I was ho okay. hosting for him, but um, it just didn't seem like he had an interest in uh, in kind of talking to, uh, to to the people working with him. Um, yeah. I remember I remember asking him what he wanted his credits to be, and he goes, uh, this is exactly what I want you to say. And he gave me like a script. He's like, and then, oh, uh, then say uh, a, a warm welcome to uh, Theo Vaughn. I'm like, all right, like at, at that point. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm gonna do a couple of your credits and I'm gonna bring you up the way I bring you up. I'm not gonna like like uh, a warm welcome. A warm welcome to Theo Vaughn. Vaughn. And then uh, but, the man, the myth. Yeah, I mean I'm not gonna say like I, I'm just gonna say that it doesn't mean that he's not a nice guy. It doesn't mean that I was right to be put off. But sometimes I'm uh, I, I'm just like all right, I get a first impression and then there's no I don't I don't put myself out there yeah. in order to like try to make someone like me. If someone's not interested, I'm it's fine. 
it's no sure. problem yeah so i'm sure i'm sure uh, i'm sure if he ever hears this it'll be like oh man you know yeah had nothing to do with you it's just you know he apparently wasn't happy to be there on New Year's Eve at Madison, the comedy club on State Street. Fuck, man! That would be the best place in the world to I be know. on New Year's Eve. Holy fuck! I know. What is the meanest thing you've ever done to a person on purpose? Um. Okay. I. Uh, <laughs> now my ex roommate, who is my friend again, but we had a, a issue. Um, I had an ex girlfriend that. Uh, I moved out of her place, our place together, and I moved into his place actually um, with another com- comedian friend. So I was I was living with them for a while, and then um, my ex girlfriend started kind of like trying to hook up actually with both of the roommates that I had was living with at the oh time. She's like messaging them like, "Hey, want to hang out?" And um, so he ended up sleeping with her, um, and then kind of like not, but not telling me about it. Kind of like you know, like he was always telling me how much of a bitch he thought she was and stuff. But then, then like um, they, I would like, I guess they were sleeping together, which is fine. But then I remember like uh, like a couple weeks later, the other roommate invited me to come over and like smoke and just like hang out. And I fell asleep on the couch. And I remember waking up at like 6 a.m. and like my ex girlfriend and my roommate ex-roommate because i had moved out at that point of yeah. that place even my ex-roommate and my ex-girlfriend are like walking out like and i'm just like like trying to like not wake me up and like it was just yeah. like um i mean i don't know why i i even cared i mean this girl is obviously a psycho yeah. um and just like uh vindictive and whatever but uh but anyway so from that i i decided to write a joke about the whole situation <laughs> so uh <laughs> and the joke was um so i get up and i go uh so my uh, ex-girlfriend came over to have sex with my roommate and then i was like um you know but it's cool i'm, I'm just trying to pretend it's kind of like that scene from eight mile where the producer i don't know if you've seen eight mile yeah. eminem, like the producer is like fucking eminem's like girl like girlfriend like while he's like recording and um so i kind of like pretend it's like that because um nobody remembers what happens to the like who like the producer like nobody remembers him like he doesn't become anyone yeah. you know and everyone knows you know, Eminem becomes Eminem, yeah. you know, and everyone knows what happens to Britney Murphy. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Ouch. And then she started, yeah, she's, she, well. she, she took it as a death threat. She's like saying, oh, he's oh threatening my, my life. I'm just like, no, nah, it's just how I deal with it. So my, she heard? You well, heard? someone told her about it. Oh she wasn't God. there for it, but uh, someone told her about it, and then she was just tweeting, like, I'm getting death threats, blah, 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 this, this person, and I'm just like, you know, <laughs> no, that's just my immature way of dealing with my emotions. It's like it was a one-off, but he wasn't my roommate. My ex-roommate was in the room, and it just it, it felt good to just you know. It was more, but it was it was probably meaner to her because I'm yeah. saying you know that everyone knows that what happens to Brittany Murphy. But that's rough, man. But uh, it, it got a good laugh. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it got half that's a all matters, half a good man. laugh, half a good laugh, half of a like. Wait a second, was that kind of a. <laughs> what this because it was the open mic it wasn't like you know i mean who knows this guy might be actually nuts but um but yeah final question and uh i don't know which way to go with this uh usually if the comic is uh in a serious relationship or has a wife the question is reveal something you've never told your wife (laughs) or significant other yeah uh but i don't know if that's something you want to get into. Um, <laughs> well, I'm single right so now. Fresh. Yeah, I mean. So we'll go to the other question. Yeah, you got backup. It, I got a backup. <laughs> I got a backup. <laughs> the backup question is: 
name something that you've done that would have given you significant jail time, but you somehow got away with it. Um, I, th I think I think growing mushrooms in your apartment might be like <laughs> at least a few years in prison. Um, but I'm just waiting for the one comic to come on this podcast and be like, "Yeah, I killed that back in '72 in Nashville." <laughs> I choked a hooker in my yeah, bathtub. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, that'll do it. Um, yeah, I suppose growing mushrooms would probably get you a couple of years. I also robbed the water park with a couple of friends. No, uh, you did Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, in the uh, suburb of Chicago, there's a Rainbow Falls water park, and uh, we uh, we broke in. We, we jumped the fence. We uh, we found out where the cameras were, and we you know <laughs> scaled, and then we jumped down, and we stole all their candy. Oh my God, dude! We had so many huge pixie sticks and cotton candy you did a B, and B and E C breaking I mean, an engine. Candy. It was it was just um, you know in eighth like middle school. There's like the one friend who kind of like dictates what we're gonna do because we're yeah. all like bored and it's like you know okay, this is <laughs> who's what got an idea and it's yeah. always the fucking degenerate that's got the idea. <laughs> well, we're always staying at his house because he had the coolest parents because his yeah. parents were never around, so we were always at his house. So he was kind of like the boss and. Um, and I mean, yeah, it was like he had a BB gun do us. Like, if you're not gonna do it, oh <laughs> Jesus Christ! So <laughs> this was like this was like forced. He actually robbery. shot shot someone with the BB gun who um, he didn't think was cool enough to hang out with us. And then that was his oh way of telling God, him. Dude. He shot him in the back of the neck while he was Jesus while he was Christ. on his computer, like like playing, like Shit. checking his email. And he shoots him in the back of the neck. And I was just like, oh my oh, God! Oh my God! That sounds so painful. Yeah. And so you guys, did you have like trash bags or like? pillowcases to just load up oh man i think we just, just filled your pockets i mean i we i mean I, I don't i think we just had it in our hands i mean it was a lot of oh, yeah. it was mostly pixie sticks it was like <laughs> did you sell like that shit at school or just keep it for yourselves and just snort that shit you're down in the basement snorting pixie sticks while this guy's firing a bb gun yeah like not that long after that actually his mom lost the house because uh her uh her husband uh off himself, which is oh, kind of geez. a that's not very did funny. you guys pour <laughs> i'm gonna go funny after that horrible well, story. well i'm saying it, and then even even saturday then they ended up throwing away all the candy because oh, in the man. move because she's like where do you get all this candy and he can't explain oh. it's, it's not easy to explain where you got did, 60 pixie sticks please like tell me that three you foot. guys dumped all the pixie sticks on a <laughs> table somewhere in a giant mound and then you just burrowed your face into it and sat yeah. back and said uh, i'm telling one time <laughs> The I, world is ours. <laughs> give me some more of the orange one. It's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a good place to stop. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me on. Thanks Mark. for coming, man. Is there anything you want to plug? Websites, oh, sure. Twitters, um, upcoming dates. This will probably drop uh, this Wednesday. So, so um, I, uh, I'm at AntonioComedy.com is my website. Antonio Comedy on Twitter. Uh, Facebook.com slash Antonio Comedy. Um, and uh, I'll be at the Looney Bins all month. I'm not going to OK OKC next week. So that's the what? What's next week? September. That is uh, the tenth. Second week think. of September. OKC. Third week. Of, check here. Third it week of September. Nine through twelve. Yep. Nine through twelve. OKC. OKC. Then Tulsa the next week. Then uh, Little Rock that next week. So if wow, you are in the area, come come say hello. Yeah, come see him, man. He's he's really hilarious. Thank you for being on. And you can always get the podcast at iTunes and Podbean and Stitcher. 
Uh, check out my website, which is uh, markpulos.com for all my upcoming dates and such. And uh, tune in next time when we talk about who knows. <laughs>